0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas, brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get ten windows for just thirty six eighty.
1: How to get rid of mold and stains in bathroom and toilets? I've I've had this stubborn mold growing in my bathroom corners. I've tried several cleaners with no success. Also tried mixing bleach with baking soda, was recommended on a website, but didn't work. Also have yellow stains in my toilet tub where the flush water uh, drains from that are getting hard to get rid of. Please suggest some good products for both of these issues that will work. Well, given all the stuff that you've already tried to get rid of the mold stains, more than likely, it's into, and I'm betting that you've got caulking in those corners and such. It's embedded itself into the caulking, so probably you're going to have to cut that out, recaulk the tub. Use a siliconized caulk with a mold inhibitor in it, and that'll keep it from growing back for a pretty good period of time. Not forever, but a pretty good period of time. As far as these stains, those yellow streaks that you're getting in the toilet and on the tub, that is typically mineral deposit buildup, and they make a pumice rock that you can actually rub on the porcelain to clean that stuff up. It's only a couple dollars. It's really inexpensive. Uh, I think more people don't do it because people don't like reaching into their toilet to clean things up, but... You've actually, It's actually available at the box stores. I've seen it at both Lowe's and Home Depot. Plumbing supply stores have it. And you literally just reach in and it uh, rubs the buildup, the mineral deposit buildup off of the porcelain. Smooths it out again and it's good to go, as they would say. I'm going to read this question that came in from Terry. Because, you know, I think a lot of people think like I do. I want to deal with a place that has a brick-and-mortar location. So, Terry is looking for some solar screens. I want to put solar screens on the outside of my home. I have searched companies online, but I can only find contractors that seem to work out of their house. There is nothing wrong with that. I just do not know who to trust to do a good job. Who do you guys recommend? I could call for exterior solar screens on my windows Please use my email to respond, blah, blah, blah. And we do. When when I read off one of these questions, we actually send a copy of it via email back to you. But I will tell you, there are certain industries. Solar screens, probably one of the the, good examples of it. You're just not going to find people that have a brick and mortar for that if that's all they do. Because 99% of what they're doing is going out to your home, getting the measurements, and then they just have to build the screens and bring them back. And so it's not like there's any walk-in traffic. On top of that, there's not enough money in solar screens as your only line of business to justify the cost of a brick-and-mortar building. And so you're going to find that pretty much everybody who's doing just solar screens is going to be working out of their home. Not to say, though, that there aren't brick-and-mortar stores who do solar screens, because there are, but they also do other things. And honestly, for uh, something that is a good product to do out of your home, I would have to say solar screens is probably it. You know, you get good measurements, you go back, you build the frames, you bring them out, you install it. And you're done it's it's really that simple, so uh I, I I gotta say i don't I don't really have a problem with doing that with a brick and mortar or without a brick and mortar type place where most businesses, hey, I want a brick and mortar, and I'm gonna tell you I had a guy tell me this week I asked him, well, how did you hear about us he, he heard it you know uh he found me online, then he called, googled it, looked up the reviews, all that stuff and drove by my office to make sure we had a brick-and-mortar location and how we took care of it. And this is for all you other companies out there. Take care of your offices. People do come by and check them. And that's why he had me out to his job site. Dan, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
0: Well, my question is uh, concerning skylights. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've got a couple of uh, darkened hallways and I'm looking at uh, doing something as far as a a skylight where a solar tube uh, arrangement goes. Okay. And what's your opinion on that versus uh, uh, my rafters, you know, can handle a a two-by-three-foot basic uh, skylight, and what's that in comparison to, like, a solar tube uh, uh, arrangement?
1: If all you're wanting is light in the hallway, go with the solar tube. Those things really put out a lot of light, and they work very well. Uh, the installation goes pretty simple. If you're wanting to be able to look up and look out at the sky, then go with a skylight. But when you when you're saying you you've got the space where you could do a two by three, I personally would go with the solar tube.
0: Well, yeah, that's good, but from the standpoint that, you know, I did 20 years ago a, uh, 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 you know, two-by-three, you know, Skylight, and yeah. uh, I bought it at a box store, and my problem was that uh, flashing them are...
1: Is it, a nightmare.
0: Yeah, yeah, you've got to be a, a sheet metal worker, I think, in order to get it right.
1: Well, and and that's actually one of the reasons I, I re- recommended to you go with the, the solar tube, because they're round where they come up out of the roof. And so right. it's easier to get the water to divert around it. When you put a skylight on, you're putting a box up there that sticks up, and so the rain that comes down the roof hits this flat area. And, yes, it can be flashed to where it goes around, but like you said, you got to really know what you're doing, and over time, it will leak.
0: Amen to that. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it.
1: All righty. Take care, Dan.
0: Um.
1: You know, I, I was talking with a homeowner yesterday uh, on, on the retaining wall I'm building that make sure you keep an eye on the swimming pool that you're installing because all pools will eventually get a leak. And you want to make sure, especially when there's retaining walls involved, when it gets a leak, it gets fixed right away. That's just the nature of a pool. doesn't mean it's bad. It's just a fact of life. Sooner or later, something will leak on a swimming pool. Said to Grand Prairie and Richard, how are you?
2: I'm good. I just had a question about a uh, building that was framed up to have a, a fiberglass insert for a shower, and I want tile shower, so I need to find out what has to be done, what kind of backer board uh, and all before you can tile the shower. Okay.
1: Well, before you tile it, you'll want to put a uh, vapor barrier in there, like a Tyvek. Put a concrete backer board, and then you can go ahead and, you know, seal your backer board, your tape and float the backer board. Basically, they just use mud to, to seal up the joints and go ahead and tile it.
2: Okay, does the uh, con- would the contractor do that, or would that be the tile company?
1: Normally, the contractor is going to put the hardy board. Or the, the concrete backer board in Hardy just happens to be one of the brands, and then the tile company they come in and just do all the tile work.
2: Okay, so if there's a, a niche in the uh, shower, the uh, contractor would do that as well. Then,
1: if there's a what? A niche uh, yes. in the in the
2: wall for yes. You
1: know, yeah, they they would they so. would frame all that in as well.
2: Okay, well. Uh contractor hadn't done any of that yet, so I guess I was just uh, wondering if that was his job or the tile people, so you yep. answered my question.
1: All righty. You take care, Richard. Bill, how can I help you? Hey, Jim.
3: I appreciate you taking my call. You bet. Hey, I got a, a, uh, a musty smell in my washroom, uh, it, and it seems to be coming from the shower. We're in a house that's about 20 years old. Um my wife's done everything to try and, and clean it and bleach it, and it seems like it'll go away for a few days, uh-huh. and then it comes back. And I've checked the water traps. Like, we don't use the bathtub very much, so I make sure that we put water down there every once in a while. Yep. But it seems to be coming from the shower. Okay. And it's a stand-up shower.
1: Yep, and it's tile, isn't it?
3: Uh, No, it's got a—I uh, know it's not plastic, but it's some sort of a bottom— Bottom base.
1: Okay. It's a man made base. It's like plastic. But what's on the walls? Oh,
3: the walls are tile, yes.
1: Yeah. What's what's happening is you're getting moisture behind the tile. And Uh I'm I bet they have sheetrock behind the tile instead of a concrete backer board. Yeah. And so the moisture's getting into that sheetrock and it's allowing mold to grow.
3: Okay. So
1: the the tile's got to come off. Yeah, you'll end up taking the tile off and redoing, it, cleaning it up where the mold is, and then concrete backer board and build it back again.
3: Okay. And um, I had a, uh, and and American...
1: and and Bill, yeah, I got to throw this out before before we get shame on the builders. This is what everybody has to deal with because. They're too stubborn to start using a concrete backer board behind the tile. They 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 go cheap, and they go with a green rock all the time, and that's not what the green rock is designed to do. And and this is what happens, and it happens every time when a house gets somewhere in the, you know, the 18 to 25 year range. Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead.
3: I, I kept thinking it was the drain, so I I had uh, never even considered it would be the behind the tile. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. You know, and w- one of the things we did to to try and to help it, we had somebody put in a ceiling fan, and one washroom has a ceiling fan and and one didn't. And I went up into the attic, and the ceiling fan that's been there for since we moved in, and it was the house was new when we moved in, just fence yep. into the attic. Is that I, the
1: again, no-no? that's a big no-no because you're just dumping humidity in your attic. Okay. Uh, should... to fix that there should be a spot where you can hook a uh a vent hose onto the ceiling fan there. Yes. And just take and you can use one of the flex type hoses and just take it and and take it out to the eave of the house so that it can drop out where the uh, soffit vents are.
3: Okay. I should... Um, cut into the soffit vent, and
1: no, no, no. Just set it on top where, so when the air is coming out through that hose, it has yeah. a a place to exit outside. Okay. Uh, you can just set it right up on top there, and 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 let it, and and that should be enough to to keep it ventilated well.
3: Okay, though. No. I sure appreciate your help.
1: You bet. Take care, Bill.
3: You too. Thanks so much, Jim. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.
1: Yeah, builders, come on, guys. It doesn't take that much more to do it right. And you know that you're doing it wrong when you're building it. And, and you know the, the worst thing about it is people trust builders to know what they're doing and trust the builders to do this right. Now, I, I will tell you, all I get to deal with is when somebody screws stuff up, whether it's you know doing something like that uh, or, or, or retaining walls or plumbing, all these things. I'm always coming in after the fact because I don't. Build new construction that often, but it doesn't take that much more to do it right the first time and save everybody a whole lot of heartache. Nancy, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
4: Thank you, thank you so much for taking my call.
1: My pleasure.
4: okay, I have a question about a sink, a kitchen sink, double compartment that continue to, and I've had a couple of plumbers out and they've looked around. It, on the garbage disposal side, it's draining, it's working, but I'll eventually see water and gook come up on the other side of the thing.
1: Hmm, okay.
4: Now, now they've been out twice, can't find anything, you know, ran the little rotorooter thing, and um, it, it looks clear. But what I noticed yesterday when I was out doing some gardening, I have an irrigation system, I was digging out uh, an area for plants. Well, there was it was really soft and silky, and the, the sprinkler hadn't been on. Well, I kind of left those holes there because I suspected something's not right. Well, the holes have water in them. Yep. Now, the water's not getting bigger, but it's not going away either. And it it's right under, it's on that side right under my kitchen sink. Is that related at all?
1: Well, did I understand you to say it was kind of soapy? Uh, yeah,
4: not, not soapy, but I mean uh, soggy. I mean, soggy.
1: soggy. Okay. Uh, it could be related, but I, honestly, I it's not going to be related to the sludge that's coming up on the side that your garbage disposal is not on, because the there there's a pipe that comes down off that side and goes across and dumps straight into the garbage disposal. Okay. Uh, so the water outside, I think is a different problem and yes, it could be a leak in the water line, but as far as the sludge, that's going to be something with the garbage disposal and the plumbing under the sink itself. And let me ask you a couple questions. You, I'm, I'm assuming you have a, uh, dishwasher that probably drains into the garbage disposal as well.
4: Yes, yes, I do.
1: I'm really thinking what's happening is you're getting the water in from the dishwasher. It backs up into that other pipe when the dishwasher is discharging because that's under pressure, and you're just okay. building sludge up in that pipe. I'm wondering if that pipe is maybe just has a little bit of backfall oh, uh, that allows okay. more water to stay in the pipe at all times, and that allows that algae to grow in there, because that's really what you're probably dealing with is an algae.
4: Yeah, it is. And it it smelled terrible today. Oh, it's...
1: Yeah. It'll do it. I
4: thought, yeah, so that pipe is the one that's on that other side of the sink?
1: Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, where your strainer is, it hooks to it, it comes straight down, makes an elbow, and goes over into the garbage disposal. Oh, okay. Okay. And, And I'm betting it has just a little bit of backfall to it, to where... Where it makes the elbow under the sink, it's holding uh-huh. water constantly there.
4: Oh, really? Okay, so is that some kind of adjustment, leveling problem? What,
1: what? Yeah, it should, it should be that, they, that it sounds like the, maybe the stem coming down under the sink is just a little bit too long. And if that was shortened so that the pipe slopes into oh. the garbage disposal, it'll probably take okay. care of most of your problem.
4: Okay, I see. Okay. And it would also eliminate the backing up into it? Is that the same thing causing the water yep. to... Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay, okay. But a uh, sprinkler sounds like I got a hole in the sprinkler uh, PVC.
1: Well, you could have a hole in two things. One, it could be in the sprinkler system. But the other, it could be if you know if it's right outside that window... If your main drain for the house, which it wouldn't normally be at a kitchen, it would normally be at a bathroom, but if the main drain for the house is out there, it could be a, a leak in the drain. I really don't think it's going to be in the sanitary drain lines. I think it's going to be the sprinkler system has a, a leak. And the reason, <laughs> the reason the water's not going up, the only time it's going to be leaking probably is when the valve activates and the sprinkler heads come on.
4: Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh. Okay, okay, because, yeah, it don't go up, it don't go down. Okay, but if I was to turn it on, it probably would go up. Yep. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, my main drain is in the front yard yeah. in front of a bed. Yeah, that, But I do, it, it, I do have a little turn thing that's under that window Um, that looks like it, but it's smaller. Mm-hmm. It's some kind of... Drain. It's in the wall, though, correct? It's in the wall, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, that's the clean-out for the... For the sink line.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's that's where they went in. Yeah. Okay, so I have two different things going on. Yep. Okay, okay. Okay, well, that makes sense, and uh, as usual, I I so enjoy your program. I've learned so much. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Nancy. You have a great weekend.
3: And you too.
4: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Don and Crosby, how are you?
3: Doing pretty good, Jim. How are you?
1: Wonderful. How can I help you today?
3: I'm replacing some decorative molding around my front door on the exterior, and I've got some uh, five and a half inch fluted casing that goes onto it. I can't find it anywhere that's treated or a uh, composite product. Would you have any good suggestions on prepping that to keep it from rotting out again?
1: Paint it before it goes on on all sides. Okay. Because that'll help seal it from from uh, getting water into it, and you're gonna want to do more than just a primer. Go ahead and primer it first, and then go ahead and put a a regular coat of paint all, on all sides. Put it in, and then you can repaint it to, to cover up the you know the installation process where you had to nail it and stuff.
3: Sure. All right. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh,
1: you bet, Don. You take care. And that's a common thing. You're not, you're not going to find most of the uh, trim boards in treated lumber, so we just have to seal them up and do the best we can to protect them. When a foundation company lifts a foundation on piers, a gap is created between the bottom of the foundation and the earth. Is it required or recommended to fill the gap with something to provide support again for the foundation where it is not supported by the piers? Is filling that gap a standard practice of reputable foundation companies? This came from uh, John. John, no, it's not standard. Now, if you went back 35, 40 years ago in the industry, everybody filled the gap. You would level a foundation, and then they would do what's called mud pumping to fill the void. But what they found was, as the soil, you know, what causes most foundation problems, the soils, when they dry out, they shrink. When they get wet, they expand. So by filling that void, you are putting the foundation right back on the active soil. And as an example, most people notice that their foundation is moving in the summer months because the soil is drying out and it shrinks, the gra- the gaps, the ca- cracks in the sheetrock get bigger, doors start sticking more, you call, you get the foundation leveled, the soil is still dry, they lift it up, fill the void, well... Come spring of the next year, when we start getting rains like we had this year, the soil starts to swell and it literally picks the house up higher than where it was supposed to be. Because you've only filled a piece of the foundation, not the entire foundation. So the standard practice now is to underpin the foundation with enough piers in the area that's down to support it without filling that gap and leave the soil move without having to disturb the foundation. So to answer your question, no, it's not standard to do it. It's not even recommended any longer. Every once in a while, you'll still find an old school engineer who will recommend it. And I will tell you, I've been in the foundation business 40 years. This is my 40th year. I will not do it because I can guarantee you if you fill that void, you will have another foundation problem. Much more so than what you had when you started. Hope that helps you out with that one. Kim, welcome to KRLD. How can I help you?
5: Hello. Hello. I'm going to do a remodel on my house. And, and what I want to do is the kitchen. Uh-huh. My home was built in 1959, so it's pretty old. And I just want to update it and modernize it. And I have bought the appliances. I have all new appliances to go in. Okay, but I just don't know where to start. I want to take out my cabinets and my counters. What's the best way to go about? Start, so, you, you know, are you going to call gonna, somebody in, or well,
1: how much remodeling have you done yourself before? None. Then you you definitely will want to bring somebody in to help you with this because remodeling a kitchen is is not for the novice. Okay, uh, because the first now what you can do is you can do the tear out. You know, take the countertops off, take the cabinets out, uh, get back to the stud walls. Because okay. truthfully, if you're gonna really do this kitchen right behind the cabinets, I would take all the sheetrock off and everything and, and get back to the studs. The house was built in fifty nine, you said? Yes, sir. Uh one of the things when I'm dealing with a house that was is that old when I'm remodeling it. If I can tear back to the to the studs i will normally replace the electric wires behind as well especially in a kitchen just because the newer pro, uh, uh, appliances we use and stuff yes they're more energy efficient but we're putting in more stuff than we used to and so we're drawing more power and as the wires age the casing on the outside of them starts becoming brittle and okay. so if you're going to have the walls open, let's change out the electric at that time, or at least get it checked. Okay. Uh, and then once you've got it stripped back to the bare walls, then you can bring in a contractor to start installing everything. Uh, the things you're going to want to make sure that you pick, you know, as far as how you want it to look is, what do you want for cabinets? You know, do you want to go with a white cabinet or a wood-type cabinet, uh, you know, with your finish? Mm-hmm. And then decide what type of level cabinets you want, uh, because some cabinets have, uh, plywood boxes. Others use a particle board and, you know, the the plywood's going to cost more than the particle board. Solid wood fronts cost more than veneered, uh, different things like that. Uh, and your contractor that you bring in can help you with some of this stuff as well. But, uh, also, you're going to want to be deciding, you know, what do you want for flooring, right? What do you want for countertops? You know, whether you want to go with a stone or a man-made material. Uh, you know, just to, and before you start building everything back and and really set how you want the cabinets, that's when I would bring in somebody to help with the layout, because newer kitchens have a different layout and you may want to consider you know a house built in 59 the kitchen was usually a standalone room you may want to open that room up into other parts of the house at this point
5: okay mine leads into a den it's like a kitchen den and i was going to turn it into a kitchen dining area okay use my living room for the den
1: yep and does it just have a doorway or is it completely open into the den
5: no, that was completely open. It's
1: just okay. one big room. Good. Uh, give DF, DFW uh, Improved a call. And let me get you their number. Because they not only can help you with the remodeling, but they can also help you with the uh, layouts and design and everything. They have people on staff for that. Mm-hmm. And the number is 972 299.
5: Eighty nine thirty nine. Um, can I ask one more question? Please? Absolutely. What am I looking at in terms of cost? Like if we if we tear it out ourselves, I'm assuming it'll be cheaper.
1: That yes. Correct. A lot of people don't realize, but tear out is actually can get kind of costly because you know, you you're not doing anything that's visible but mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of labor. Uh and then getting all the material out of there and stuff, yes, it it can definitely save you. Okay. So, can you give me
5: like a range of costs that I could expect, like from this to this, this many thousand to this many thousand?
1: Um, you can expect. It, it, how big a kitchen is it? Mm, it's
5: not the house, and the house is only uh, 1,259 square feet.
1: Okay, so the so kitchen the, you you're know, probably looking at a, probably looking at a ten by twelve kitchen or something.
5: Something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to be looking at probably a very low end would be twelve thousand. Okay. Going on up to wherever you want to stop with the building materials. Okay. You know, because that if if you put in granite countertops versus formica countertops, for instance, mm-hmm. you know you you've got a three or four thousand dollar price difference. Okay if you put in the wood cabinets versus a particle board there's another 3 or 4000 uh so there there's a lot of things that can really vary in the price but a kitchen you're going to look anywhere from for that size kitchen anywhere from say 12,000 to 30,000 depending on the finishes you want to go with okay that's helpful and maybe we'll go
5: ahead and tear it out ourselves and
1: now, yeah. one thing I would do is I would mm-hmm. bring the contractor in and talk with them first, and the main reason I would do that, you don't want to tear everything out just to find out that he can't start for three weeks because he's got to order certain materials.
5: Right. Oh. Okay. righty. Well, I really appreciate your taking my call.
1: Oh, Kim, I appreciate you calling, and uh, good luck with the new kitchen. Okay, thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. And, and you know... Even if you're not an experienced remodeler, there are certain things like the tear-out that you can do to help uh, bring down the budget costs. And, and you know, you watch it on these home improvement shows all the time. It's a great way to relieve stress, too, because you can go in there and beat the heck out of stuff. Now, i got to be honest. I have never gone in with sledgehammers to tear out a kitchen or anything. I always go and remove the cabinets and, and haul them outside and then pull the sheetrock and all that stuff but a house built in 59 and Kim I should have told you this but your home has no insulation unless you added it and that's also a great time when you can open up those walls to add insulation it's a great time to check the plumbing pipes because you may want to consider changing out some of those pipes as well when they're accessible so there's a lot of things that you can upgrade more so than just the, you know, backsplash and cabinets and all that kind of stuff when you've got a kitchen and get ready to redo it. Jerry, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
6: Hey, Jim, how are you this afternoon?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
6: I'm fine, thank you. Hey, I love your show. I've got a question for you. I have a home that was built about 25 years ago, and it did not have a radiant barrier installed at the time just because it wasn't being done. About... Seven years ago I had a new roof put on and uh, the roofers put in uh, it's a type of underlayment that had a radiant barrier um, that
1: was part of the underlayment it was like right they put in of... like tech shield or something yeah exactly
6: so um, I'm gonna have to have the roof replaced here um, this this spring because of hail last year so my question is am I better off putting money into the radiant bar- barrier that would be that would be put down as part of the underlayment or should i instead put that money and invest it in an under uh, in a radiant barrier that would go in the attic
1: well if you've got the tech shield that's the the radiant barrier that's on the plywood is that what you got or did you, did they put the one under the shingles
6: uh it's the one that's under the shingles it it starts with a uh, with a p oh, okay like yeah Valerium or something yeah. like that yep yeah so my again my so my question is That's going to come off when the new roof is put on. So should I put something similar down, or should I put a radiant barrier in the attic and that we don't have to mess with it again?
1: Yeah. Do you have uh, any cathedral ceilings? Uh, Yes. Put the polarium down where the cathedral ceilings are. But the rest of the house, I would put radiant barrier in the attic instead.
6: Okay. All right. And um, from a cost perspective, you know, is it about the same, or would the radiant barrier be more expensive?
1: Uh, the radiant barrier may run a, f- a little bit more. However, it's also going to be a lot more energy efficient, especially if you use the one that lays on the attic floor. Yeah. Because your, your attic's still going to get hot, and by putting it on the attic floor, it keeps the heat that does get in the attic from getting into the living space.
6: I see. And when you put it on the attic floor, can you still walk on the attic floor?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I mean, you can't pick this stuff up and tear it, even if you wanted to.
6: Okay, and then in parts of the attic where there isn't a floor, you can just you can see the rafters. Uh, in in those cases, should it just be applied to the to the underside of the roofing deck?
1: No, I would still, uh, even though all you see is the rafters, I would still lay it down on top of that.
6: Okay, underneath, underneath, um, underneath the inside the inside the attic. Correct. Okay. All right, and and how does that attach to the other side of the of the um, the decking or the eaves? Or the not the eaves, but the inside of the attic.
1: Well, it it uh, just it just lays there like a blanket. You don't even have to attach it.
6: Oh, okay. So in other words, it would lay on top of the blown-in insulation that's Correct. in the attic in Yes. Okay, I yep. got it. Okay. All right. And uh, the Radiant Barrier Company that you recommend on air, that would be a company that could do the – obviously they could do the, the Radiant Barrier inside the attic then. Oh,
1: absolutely. Right. DFW Radiant Barrier and Insulation.
6: Okay. So basically any place that I can't get to the attic, that's where the, the Radiant Barrier that would be part of the roof would be the best the, the best product to use. Correct. Perfect. All right. That's what I needed. All righty. You take care, Jerry. Thank you. You too. I appreciate the help.